Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Burhantu with me Hafiz Rahman. Thank you so much for listening. Now, um this episode is a special episode. Yes, still on the phone. Masih nak kena kena cakap dengan orang aku record kat handphone. But I'm actually quite quite impressed. The fact of the matter um that I can record from the handphone and the sound still okay. Not bad, right? Okay, anyways. So this episode um will be the last episode that I record from my phone. Hopefully, pasal aku punya kereta at last dah okay dah. Dah boleh pick up but whatever, that's tomorrow. I can just um do this last episode for you guys. Uh, just to last you for the weekend. Now, this story is about Perkampungan Melayu. Jeng, jeng, jeng. I love Perkampungan Melayu. You know, for those of you 90s kids um, or anyone older, you would know that there is this existence of Perkampungan Melayu at Gilang Serai. So, before before there was... um. What was it called? Wisma Gelang Serai, is it? Yeah, before Wisma Gelang Serai, that whole plot of land was where the Perkampungan Melayu is. So, Perkampungan Melayu was this. It's almost, it looks like this uh, UNESCO heritage-esque kind of place because it's just kampung. It's just like a series, uh, like a small, um, like it's like a small village, you know? So, it it's like a very uh, travel tourism board kind of kind of thingy so there is a, a museum there there is an event hall there there are um, patrons there there are people who book the places there to um, uh, wedding la bridal la you know whatever 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 so it used to be very very lively there it used to be one of the highlight one of our pride of the Malay Muslim community the kampung uh, perkampungan Melayu yeah so it, it used to be where Wisma Gilang Serai is the reason why I wanted to share with you this episode is because I also remember Dulu Zuhairi. Uh, Zuhairi have already shared with me, I think shared with you guys before in the previous podcast, about how he used to spend his Saturdays or Sundays, basically the weekends, to go to Perkampungan Melayu and watch Kuda Kepang. So, of course, last time, uh, there were a lot of Kuda Kepang performances uh, before it was um, now, before it was regulated, lah, you know. It was quite, the, the, the whole culture was quite massive and people actually really... Because last time got no internet, right? So, like, you hold, you don't have, like, you don't, like, watch Netflix, quit game, whatever shit. All you do is you just go outside and watch performances, live performances. So, one of our vices, I would say, and I I will never retract this, but one of our vices used to be watching Kuri Kepang, alright? Um, and this used to be something that is like an, it's like a weekend event, uh, you know? People will actually really flock to Perkampungan Melayu just to watch these Kuda Kepang performances and I, I'm pretty sure there are non-Malays who actually know about the existence of Perkampungan Melayu if you're slightly older you would know if you are too young and you do not know Perkampungan Melayu ada ke you should ask your parents they probably know about the existence, the existence of, of Perkampungan Melayu why am I stuttering my words? Okay, anyways, because because I'm very excited to share the stories. Okay, so anyways, the story about Pakamakam Melayu. So this story is re- uh, re- told to me by Ellie. So Ellie, as many of you would know, is a very um well-liked and uh, well-known makeup artist in Singapore. So I was doing a promo for uh, Mediacorp, Screamapura, like, you know, for the month of October, they are doing something to um just showcase horror stories and all that. So... She was there to do my makeup, you know, and again, because my modus operandi now is just to go to random people and just go, Engkau dah cerita hantu? Kasi tahu aku, aku nak share dekat itu. So she's like, tak nak lah, aku tak nak lah. Because she actually, apparently, 
Ellie is a very is a scary cat. So she's like, aku tak nak bilang kau lah. Aku takut, aku takut, takut. I'm like, eh, please ah, please ah, just tell me whatever happened to you, whatever. And she said, I already shared with this in Puaka. So Puaka is this like YouTube channel by Suzairi where he interviews uh, celebrities and 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 they share about the uh, ghost stories lah. So I was in one of the episodes, but she was also in one of the episodes lah. And she was sharing her story, but I said, no, 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 no. Aku tak nak. Aku nak cerita lain daripada Puaka. So I said, I want a story that's different from the one that you shared in Puaka. So she's like ah, fine so maybe I can share with you whatever happened to me when I was working at Perkampungan Melayu which is very interesting because Ellie started out as a dancer many people do not know this but before she became a makeup artist she was actually a dancer you know and a very established dancer so lepas secondary school tak nak belajar don't want to, don't want to work uh, don't want to go back to school don't want to you know she said I worked part time as a dancer in uh, Perkampungan Melayu you know so she said my my journey in Perkampungan Melayu was very very long because I just started off as a freelance dancer and then suddenly I got the I got a job as a front desk concierge and then after that uh, for, for the museum and then suddenly I was I I went into the office to become one of the um what do you call that uh consultant or whatever and then I was basically doing a lot of um back end work lah you know with with Singapore Tourism Board just to like to see marketing and all that yeah so she actually was working there I don't know for how long but she said it was definitely more than like more than 5 years so this all happened over the course of Perkampungan Melayu she said Perkampungan Melayu is one of the most scariest places to work at because of the fact that there are things happening there you know orang Kuda Kepang So you know Kuda Kepang is basically It's basically It is A culture That has Infused itself With shamanism Which is I mean Now that we think about it It's not a good thing lah You know Because you are I mean You are calling Spirits to enter your body You know To the point where you can Eat, eat glass You can jump up On trees And all that And then you don't feel pain When you get whipped So of course It's not, I mean, according to the teachings of Islam, it's not something that we should practice, lah. You know, but he she said that because of this whole thing, I think because they always keep on calling spirits and 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 here and there, to the point where the spirits don't leave the place. You know, they just stay and just mingle and <laughs> mingle, eh, and just fester around the around the area, lah. You know. So she started off as a dancer. And she said that they do wedding events. So one of the wedding halls is called the Singgah Sana Hall. So I'm very interested. So for those of you who have gotten married and your event was at Singgah Sana Hall, please DM me. I want to see photos. Maybe we can share your wedding photos and and show these people in my IG um, what Singgah Sana Hall looks like. So basically, I mean, I know this place existed. But I could, yelah, dulu mana ada kamera kan, aku tak ambil gambar and all that. Um... Yeah, so one of the event hall is called Singgasana Hall. That's where weddings are. So she was a freelance dancer. So basically, like if you sign up package with them, you can get tarian lah, you know, for your wedding. And she was one of the tarian. She said, I can never forget this incident. She said, this the one of the first few times that aku nampak cik pun. Dia cakap, aku tengah berjoget, like in the middle of dancing. And she said, there's like a lot of people in the in the in the in the hall, you know. She said. I noticed there was something on top. So basically, okay. So remember, ah, perkampungan Melayu is made up of like kampung, right? Um, so underneath the kampung is where the empty space is. But basically, you walk on stilts. Eh, is that is that what it's called? Yeah, you walk on stilts. If if I remember correctly, lah, because I was very young when I went to perkampungan Melayu. 
So I think everything is connected by stilts, you know, because all, all the kampung is just in a in a small collection, lah, you know, and because of course kampung houses when you go to the interior on top is like the so it's like the bener atap right. Uh, not not the atap itself lah. I think the 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 construction is the atas ada macam the bumbung is where or rather the ceiling is where you have um like a construction of sorts to hold up the um the piece on top of the house. So she said that I saw something squatting on top. heavy so she said I saw something squatting on top. I didn't think much about it because I was like. Because I was like, there's music, there's the DJ, there's the wedding happening, there's people talking and mingling, there's music, you know, I'm dancing, I'm in my costume, I'm with a couple of other friends, just dancing. And then, I do not know why, but mata aku ternampak atas. So, bila mata aku ternampak atas, aku nampak ada macam perempuan tengah duduk. She said, I noticed there was a woman just sitting there. And she said, um, the the baju is not like, I mean, it's white, but it's like, it's very dirty lah, you know. But she said the hair was very long. It was, so she was like, eh, why is nobody seeing this? And then she said, for a moment, I was dancing. I couldn't focus on my dancing, but, but she said, because I have rehearsed the dance. So it's a standard dance step. So because she is doing the dance step, many, she has done the dance step many, many times. So it's like muscle memory. So even though like she is zoning out, she can still dance you know, according, accordingly, because she knows what happens next and all that. But she said that, I saw the thing, and then I motioned to my friend who was dancing beside me, I said, are you seeing this as they are dancing? And then the friend actually looked at the same direction, suddenly the friend muka pucat gila, and she, and she said, my friend face was very pucat, and I was like, oh my god, this is the first time it's happening, what the hell is happening here? And then, just as fast, as quickly as the thing was there, right, the moment the music stopped, when they look up again, that thing is not there. So she said, I was so scared for my life because I was like, eh, means this thing doesn't matter whether it's at night or it's in the living time or whether you are one person or you're like uh, 200 people. If they want to show themselves, they will, still, they will still show themselves. But she said, the most weird thing is that, and she said, maybe it's my imagination because how can I be the only one who see this and then nobody actually notice that there's someone just sitting on top at the ceiling there. But it can also be my imagination because I actually told my friend, my fellow dancer, and my dancers saw it also. So this girl, the demam sampai 4 hari, eh, she said, my 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 other dancer, she was she was so shocked. She took MC and she was, because she was have, having fever for 4 days, you know. But I mean, nothing happened to me lah, you know. So anyway, so that was one of the stories that happened. And then she said that, so shortly after being a freelancer and all that, she said, "Okay, I need to get a full time job." So she became a um, she became a um, customer service agent, lah. You know, a front desk person at the um, museum. You know, so there is a museum where the Pekapungan Melayu is. So you have all this, much they will tell you the history of the Malay people in Singapore, and then there's like a batik collection, whatever, whatever, whatever. So she said there was actually one doll inside this um, museum. So she said, this doll, everyone in the museum call it like the magic doll. Because one day, when you're closing, the doll can be at one side and in the morning, the doll will be at the other side of the room. And sometimes the doll will be lying down on the floor. Sometimes it will be on top of the table. Sometimes it will be at the other side. Sometimes it will be in another room. 
you know to the point where sometimes like you know do you know like when the doll is in another room be like eh shit where did the doll, where did the, um where did the doll go to so when they walk around they be like eh how come the doll end up in this room you know so but when they check uh the cameras they said that tak ada orang there was no one that trespassed the museum at night but but they said that something is moving this doll So I want to know whether there are there are workers or ex staff of Pekan-Pekan Melayu Museum, you know, who know about the existence the existence of this doll. I didn't ask specifically what does what is this doll wearing whatsoever. I think she I think she did say that the doll was wearing like a kebaya or something like that or like a baju baju kurung or something like that or a songket. But basically it's a doll and then they said that this doll will move around in the museum. Oh yeah. Okay, so anyways, I think I shared with you guys a story about a museum before, right? Yeah, so anyways, museum has a lot of ghost stories, lah, because the artifacts are all very old, and they probably carry history and also things with them. So she said that this wasn't scary, but things got a bit more weird because I saw it with my own eyes. So basically, after a couple of years of working as the um customer service officer at the museum, I got a job inside there, lah. You know. Inside the Pekan-Pekan Melayu So I was working for Pekan-Pekan Melayu at large And she said There's been many occasions Whereby I will sit in the office You know And then like Chairs would Move by itself And she said last time She said last time ah, It's not Chairs on wheels ah. It's like It's really just Normal regular chairs You know With like rubber Rubber tips on the four legs So she said If it was A chair on wheels Maybe I can just You know Say oh maybe It's just the aircon You know Maybe it's That's why it's moving But she said These chairs Are not roller chairs There's been a few occasions Where she'll be working And I cakap Nanti aku nampak ah, Aku nampak nanti macam um, Kerusi bergerak sendiri So the bergerak Is like very weird They say the bergerak Is macam It will go in different directions Like how sometimes You see like Go stories The thing will just go like To the front Or to the back right She said this one will go like diagonally Sometimes the thing will go in a circle Like that, like that. But she said We are so used to it She said the staff of Pekampungan Melayu Is so used to all these things That they don't um Feel scared anymore Alright They didn't know about I mean They, they probably know lah About this whole thing But they didn't Talk about it Um, she said when she was working at Pekan Pekan Melayu, there was this boy. Uh, he was a special boy, lah, you know. So he um has uh, a low IQ, so he would always hang out at Pekan Pekan Melayu. And I think because he hang out there for very very long, um, this boy is quite famous last time in the in the late nineties or early two thousands because he would always hang out at Pekan Pekan Melayu. And he, um, yeah, lah, he's, he's a special kid, lah, you know. He's a special kid. He has low IQ. You can see he get like he was probably in his like mid twenties or late twenties, but he's still. Like you know, maybe five years old, six years old kind of um IQ. So she said, "Aku fed up dengan budak ni because this budak, right?" So he said, "I'm very fed up with this boy because this boy will always meet me, right?" And he'll be like, "Kakak, kakak, kakak, tengok tu, tengok tu, ada perempuan tengah duduk dekat atas tu, dekat atas tu, dia tengah, dia tengah tu, dia tengah wave wave, you know." So just like, "Diam lah, dek. Kau diam lah. Kau jangan bilang aku, you know." Like just Ellie will be like. Saying like that this boy will always say Sister, sister Look, look, look On top there, on top there There's another woman sitting there And then she's waving at us But she I mean Ellie would never see these things On top of the um, You know, these this kampung houses So she didn't She didn't 
think much about it lah You know But she said Because this boy is so honest You know And so verbose Like whatever he feels He will say it You know So he probably saw it lah But aku always tell him Like just shut up Don't don't tell me You know um, And there's been many many occasions She said Whereby aku akan jalan Macam Balik malam kan Balik dalam pukul 6 lebih gitu But then she would stay up She said Maghrib aja kan Kalau balik kan Mesti ada benda terjadi She said Every time when she go back home Around maghrib Like 7 o'clock like that This thing will happen What will happen so you know she would walk around. So Pekapangan Melayu is like it's like a mini village of sorts, right? So she would walk from the office out, and then she would walk beside this open area. So the open area is where uh the Kuda Kepang performances are, right? So when there's not when there's nothing happening, you know, during weekdays and all that, they will actually put all their equipments at one side of the room. It's a small room lah where, where, they, where they put it. But then they will always leave the uh, drums outside. There's a gendang, you know. Uh, the gendang will always be left outside. Um, nobody will steal it lah, you know. Because, yeah. She said that there has been numerous occasions. She said it didn't happen once or twice. Aku was very sure that it has happened many, many times. Dah maghrib, nak balik maghrib ni kan, nak balik rumah. When she walked past that place, dah akan dengar suara gendang. So she said, I will hear... The sound of the drums being played. But there's no one there. She said that Kampungan Melayu, the moment is like 7 o'clock like that, there's no one there already. Maybe at night, there'll be like a lot more people. But she said at that point of time, everybody is back at home. Maghrib, right? You know, Malay Muslims have to pray, right? Uh, so there's no one there. So she said, uh, like, I will hear like drums being played. So this is, there was one time, I was so, I was like, which I'm so like, eh, who is playing the damn drums? Ah? Why do I hear people playing the drums? Dia pergi kat drums tu. Eh? So she walked all the way to the drums. And she's like, Amain lah. And then nothing happened. Um, so she's like, yeah. So aku dah, aku dah tak takut. I was like, I, I became to the point where I was like, quite desensitized with this haunting and all that. Um, And then she said, it was so scary because I, it was also very scary because I was unsure of my safety lah. You know, whether this thing can like, you know, this thing can possess you and all that, right? Um, and then they said that there used to be this place called Sari Ratu. So Sari Ratu is a, it's like this place where people loan, you know, like, uh, you know, the uh, lady Som Said. Yeah, Som Said will always like macam loan baju from Sari Ratu and all that. And then like she always like tell Ellie, nampak itulah, nampak inilah, here and there. And then, like, they were just like, don't believe. I mean, even though the staff actually saw these things, say, Perkapangan Melayu, but like, they just try not to scare themselves lah. So, whenever guests or like people who come and say, eh, aku nampak, aku nampak cik pun lah, aku nampak benda ni, aku nampak benda tu. They always say, ah, tak adalah, kau menipit lah, kau menipit lah. They, they never like, macam, you know, acknowledge it. To the point where, there was this one time, so last time, Lin Nasir, this, this is actress called Lin Nasir. So, Lin Nasir ni, dia ada bridal dulu, you know. And the brother was in one of the kampung lah, you know. But she said that there's a lot of people who have complained that they cannot locate her store and all that. And that people are always, there's always accidents happening, you know, like, and then like her business was bad, whatever, whatever. So they decided to like do some investigation lah, you know. So, you know, like I said, just now earlier on, like how you walk on stilts and then every kampung dekat bawah tu, dekat the kaki lima, right? Whatever they call it. So, it's like this small area. It's like, you know, small area. If you all know a kampung, underneath a kampung where the stilts are, there's an empty space, right? Where people can put whatever. They actually found out dekat bawah, cakap Hafiz, bila aku pergi check bawah Lin Nasir punya kedai, kan? Dia punya uh, kampung hut tu. Aku nampak banyak sok bonjot siya. And I saw like, 
a lot of people like okay, sok bonjot is like this. <laughs> For those of you who don't cook, sok bonjot is this thing from Adabi where you put inside your soups. So it is like in a maslun uh, maslin. I forgot there's there's this term for it. It's like in a in a small okay. Just think of it as your god of fortune. You know, god of fortune always put the gold inside a bag. Ah, uh, like that lah. They kind of bag, but it's way way smaller. So we call it so bonjot. Um, but people who practice black magic, they will put things inside a yellow cloth or a red cloth or a black cloth, and then they would they would like uh, bury it lah underneath the place or un- or nearby a house of someone that they want to do black magic for. So, cakap, aku nampak sendiri Like, kita was like Kita dengan torchlight kat bawah tu Kita nampak Ramai orang letak So, bonjot, okay So, apparently That's Pengam-pengam Melayu So, like a dumping ground A dumping ground for spirits I do not know why, you know Like, normally people were like Throw these spirits Like at the In the sea Or in the forest You know Or whatever But It's so sad that people do it At pengam-pengam Melayu You know, people do it at tourist areas So, dia nampak lah. Mereka nampak macam sok bonjot. Sok bonjot warna merah, warna kuning, kain kuning, kain merah, kain hitam. All over. She said, it was so much that it almost seems as if, macam like, we are like, it's as if like we are doing a scavenger hunt. <laughs> so, we're just like picking, and then we have to remove it lah. Because we are, we are the staff lah. We are the staff of pekan-pekan Melayu. We have to clean it lah. So, we are, we clean it up lah. So, she said, that was one of the most unforgettable, unforgettable things that happened to me when I was working at pekan-pekan Melayu, you know. And I will never forget, it all started from that, um, from that, what do you call that? It all started from that singgah sana, all the way until the doll in the museum, you know. Uh, and then the gendang berbunyi. And then, uh, yelah, <laughs> dekat museum yang patung tu, sekejap kat sini, sekejap kat sana, sekejap kat sini. So, she said, but I I enjoyed my time, you know, um, working there. And I left there after like a few years. So, and then shortly after I left, they also decided to just tear down the whole area. So now no more pekan-pekan Melayu. Um, yeah, very sad. So I was very sad because I thought like that was really like our last, that was like our last of what we have as Malays, you know, in this country. Um, because it was such a good place. It was such a nice place to go to because people actually can, people actually hang out around there, you know. And they bring their families and kids over there for whatever reasons lah. But it was just a very nice place. And when they decided to tear it down, it was quite sad because, you know lah, it's like, it's almost as if we have lost a huge part of our identity in Singapore. Terus tiba-tiba jadi solemn eh, somber eh. But yeah. So, that's the story about Pekan-Pekan Melayu. So, if any of you have any stories about Pekan-Pekan Melayu, please feel free to share with me. I will be, be more than happy to share your stories. Um, about maybe anything that happened during you watch, uh, when you were watching the Kode Kepang perhaps, whatever. Yeah, so do, do let me know. So with that, we've come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope to hear from you guys soon in the next episode of Berhantu. Until then, good night. <laughs>